You're listening to teaching from Central Church in West Columbia, South Carolina. We hope that this message will help you experience Jesus in a new and exciting way. For more information, please visit us at centralnazarene.org. We'll share with you just a brief note of, about my dad. Uh, most of you know that he's been under hospice for a little while and uh, just got a text well, got a phone call this morning while I'm sitting in my office that his breathing has changed significantly. And so right after service, we'll be heading up to Salisbury. So uh, most, many of you have already experienced that. It is what's, uh, what we go through in life. And uh, one thing that brings me great peace uh, in a moment like this is, uh, uh, and, and one good thing is we've kind of got it arranged almost uh, so that someone from the family is there all the time, one of the siblings, one of my siblings, and there's seven of us, you know, all together. So uh, almost the whole time someone is there. And uh, so I got to spend most of the day with him on Friday. And I, I knew there was a chance that he could slip out before I got back. And uh, so I went over to him, and I, he was still semi, you know, uh, could, could communicate, very, very weak, very, very weak voice, uh, very frail. And that's hard to see. And uh, so I said, Dad, uh, if you happen to be gone from this place, when I get back, I will see you in heaven by the grace of the Lord. And he just stuck his finger up like that. I'll meet you there. So that's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing because it brings great peace. And, and also to have said those words brings a sense of... Uh, of uh, I don't know, wholeness and peace and uh, contentment of soul and of heart. And so, uh, so anyway, so say our prayer. As soon as the service is over, that's why Vic's not here. We got that, that phone call, so she went home to, we weren't going to go till tomorrow, but as soon as church is over, we're going to head up there. So she went to pack us up some stuff. So we'll have to take time to do that when we get back. So, well, uh, I want to talk to you, this is the first Sunday, as I said a minute ago, of, of, uh, of the new year. It's, it's, uh, it's not 2020 anymore. Amen. <laughs> thought we'd just, you know, throw that out there. Someone said, I don't know if I heard them or if I read it, but I thought it was, it was pretty good. They said, uh, you know, uh, by the way, I, I know I'm getting older because uh, I didn't step till midnight. <laughs> I was going to try to step till midnight, but 11 o'clock I said, I'm done. <laughs> I went to bed. I couldn't stay up no more. So, uh, but someone said, I'm going to stay up on New Year's Eve, not to see the new year in, but new year come, come in, but to make sure that 2020 goes out. You know, so you may have read that statement yourself or, or said that or, or read that. <clears throat> now, uh, in, every year of my life that I can remember, it's always been kind of a celebration, you know, the, the New Year's Eve kind of a thing. This year, not so much because uh, I didn't see it come in. And, uh, but someone said to me that, I, that New York City probably has one of the greatest celebrations of the New Year in the world. Uh, not so much this year, but I did, I did look at it and did the little background check on it, and it's really not all of that. It's really not all of that. Every year they drop the ball. Come on, people. I was going to see if Dave could give me a drum roll over there or something, you know, but, yeah. 
So, you know, 2020 has been a tough year for, for almost everybody. You know, I, I think I mentioned to you, and sometimes, you know, I tell people at various, you know, different events that happen in our life and all, and you, you never remember sometimes who, who you told that to. And I may have told this to you before, but I am getting older, so just excuse it. You know, if I happen to, I've already said it, but, you know, I was like a couple weeks ago, and it was about three weeks ago, maybe it was four weeks ago, not that long ago, you know about it. You know, we had a, we had a, a furnace go out, we had a war line go out, you know, so, and uh, Vicky got hit by, a, you know, a deer, and uh, it's all happening like in a week's period of time. I was like, wow, 2020 is tough. And I made that to one of the furnace technicians. He went, I went, man, this, is, this has been a tough year for us. You know, it's like as it comes to an end, he went, no, no, no. This is a tough year for everybody. You know, so I was trying to get a little sympathy there, but he didn't give me any. You know, it's everybody's tough year. You know, so, uh, but I want to tell you in no uncertain terms how to have like a very meaningful year. Now, I'm glad last year's gone. I'm not trying to rush my life away, but I'm just hoping that, you know, this year has more of, as, as, we, as we head on in towards spring, as we got to make it through winter, uh, but as we, as we do make it through winter, it be, it, we, we begin to get a sense that, that things will begin to settle back into some sense of normalcy. It would be great to, to experience that, and I'm glad they added the soundtracks to football games. Y'all don't seem impressed or anything. I watched, you know, I, I like to watch football games, and, and uh, when it first came on, there was no one in the stands. And, you know, you, you need that 13 player on the, you know, to give us a sense of what's going on. So they added soundtracks. I don't know, you ladies are seem, don't seem impressed. You give me like a blank look, you know. Uh, they had that soundtrack, and it just helps the game come alive. And uh, you look around, you see in the stands, like, there's still no one there. But they add that soundtrack, and it just kind of helps. So, uh, but I want to tell you, uh, and, and uh, this is real important. It's real important because I want you to have a good year, a, a meaningful year. In fact, if, if you'll pay attention to what I'm going to tell you, and I'll, I'll try to be brief. Amen. I picked an amen. I'll, I'll try to be brief and, and to make the point, but it's a really good point. And it could be, if you'll put this into practice in an intentional way, if you'll really keep it in the front of your thinking, it could be the best year of your life. It's just possible that, that it could very well be. You, know, you may have had some good years, but if you'll do this, I really, really believe. And, and, and when I tell you what it is, you might think that, well, Brent, that is so simple. Why, why are you even saying that? I've heard that all my life. Well, I, because it is kind of simple, you, you might shrug it off. And I'm hoping that you won't shrug it off, that you'll pay attention, that you'll, you'll take it in, and it'll be, it can become like a conviction, a guiding principle of your daily life, uh, and, and take it really seriously. Uh, it, it is simple, and, and because it is simple, uh, every single one of us can do it. So no one, no one needs to be left out in having a, a very meaningful year. Even the dumbest person in here can get it. Now look at your neighbor and say, even you can get this. I'm just kidding. Everybody, everybody, it's not for the, for the profound. It's, it's not for the super spiritual. It's not for special people. It's for everybody. Everybody can have a meaningful year. If you will put this into practice. Um, so, so are you ready? Are you ready for the, for the, for the principle? You ready, Rita? 
I, she's even got, she's even had a pencil in her hand, a pen. She's ready to write it down. And this is worth writing down. You can put it on your refrigerator. You write it down, put it in fancy letters, what do you want to do? But here it is. Bated breath. And now again, I, I'm, when I say it, you're, go, you, you're going to go, oh, I thought you were going to say something profound. I really, I want you to get ready. I want you to get ready to take this in. So here it is. Make people a priority in your life. Now I know, see, see, you're like, I've heard that all my life. That's not profound. But it is. It is. Because we're really, really inclined to not make people a priority in our life. Uh, we make all kinds of other things a priority in our life. Our favorite television show, our favorite sport, our favorite hobby, our favorite whatever. And we put people somewhere in the category, but it's generally not at the top of our priority list. Um, it is a very important thing because uh, I know, and, and probably what you thought already is that, well, wait a minute. That sounds maybe like a little off-kelter, but it's not. I know that you know that the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Jesus told us that the second one is this. So what I'm telling you this morning is very high on God's list of things for us to keep in mind. So I want you to have a very meaningful year. So I want to reiterate what God has spoken, what Jesus has reminded us of, is to make people a very high priority in your life. I'm serious. I don't know how to, to, to communicate this in such a way so that, that you get it and you, you embrace it as a conviction. Now you can't, you can't, you can't, you, every single human being on the planet is not going to be that for you. Every single person on the planet can't be the priority for you. But your sphere of influence, the people in your circle, the people that you engage day by day, they can be a high priority on your list. Now, I'm not just talking about people at church, although I am talking about people at church. You can make an impact on people, and let me tell you how you can do that. Sometimes I, I, I'm, in, I'm inclined to be a, an, an abstract kind of a thinker. I think of the principle, and sometimes I have to really work at making it practical. And, and, but this is very practical, and, and it was easy for me to grab hold of. And it is this. You make people a priority in your life. How you do that, how you do that is that you serve people. That's what you do. You, you, you put people as a priority in your life by serving other people, by serving people. Um, you can do that. Uh, you can do that everywhere you are and every day. And, and sometimes we might overlook it. For instance, you go into the grocery store, and maybe you go into the same grocery store, and you generally see the same cashier, or maybe it's the restaurant, <clears throat> or maybe it's a gas station. And, and, you, and you've kind of developed a rapport with someone that, that, that serves you. 
And, and because they serve you every day, or, or, or how often that you go, you can tend to take their service for granted. Your waitress at the, at, at the, uh, at the restaurant, the, the maid at the, uh, who, who tends to your room when you go on vacation, the gas attendant, the, the teller at the bank, don't take their service for granted. So, you know, Vic and I, when we go out and eat, uh, Vicky's much more outgoing and much more uh, outgoing than me. Uh, she's outgoing and I'm introverted. So she's usually more likely to speak. And so we'll go to a restaurant, and of course she's going to engage the, the waiter or waitress, whoever it is, and, and she'll say, by the way, my husband's a pastor, and I always tell her, now, now that you've told him that, now I've got to leave a bigger tip. And I try to be generous with the tip, but when she says, this is, my husband's a pastor, I've got to, I can't like just cheat them and just leave them a chintzy tip because now I'm representing not only us as, as just creatures and, and just mere people sitting at the table, I'm a pastor. So they have certain expectations of, of that role. So I have to leave a, a bigger tip. And by the way, not to, uh, just, just as a, an example, I always leave the waiter or waitress a 20% tip. Always. Now, I didn't always have that as something that I would do because I didn't understand. You know, they, they generally get paid about $2 an hour or something like that. And you say, well, I didn't, come, I didn't ask them to do that. Well, why did you go there? This is not even in my notes. I'm talking about practical ways of serving people. See, you didn't have to prepare the food. You didn't have to go get up and get it. They brought it to your table. You don't even have to clean up after yourself. They come and pick up your dishes. And they're getting paid $2 an hour. So you should serve them by blessing them with a good tip. I'm talking about practical ways of blessing people and of serving people. And how, and how, can, how other ways that you can do that? I want to share some of those things with you. Now, it is not going to happen just because the, a pastor or you read a book and it said it. And, you, and you've known this, you've been told it since you were in elementary school. When you started understanding words, you knew this was a, 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 an important principle. But maybe you haven't put it as a, as a priority in your thinking and in your thoughts and in your values that maybe you, as you sit and think about it, what you know you ought to do. Now, Vicki is better at it than I am. She helps me be better at it. And I thank God for that. Because my sensitivities are not as keen as her sensitivities. I sometimes have to tell her, bring back your sensitivities a little bit. We're going on a walk. We're not doing visitation. But if somebody's standing outside, I might give them a wave, but we're going to stop and have a conversation. Because that's really big in her world. So it helps me. So if someone is helping you be a better servant and a better neighbor, thank God that they're in your life. That's a very important thing. So uh, the Bible says to be, uh, to be mindful and to serve, especially those of the household of faith. So we especially need to serve one another at the church. Wouldn't you agree? Say, that was too weak. We should especially serve one another at the church. Now some people have the idea, uh, and, and maybe you've had this idea before, uh, and it's easy to fall into just because it's just part of life. It's like marriage, you stay at it, it's, it's work, it's a job, 
it, it, it's a commitment, it's a devotion, and, and it doesn't just happen because you wake up. It's like somebody said, just because you said I do doesn't mean you've already done it. You've got to keep doing it, and you keep doing it every day. So sometimes you get this attitude or idea that someone might share with you, uh, I, I'm just quitting church because people just like they irritate me. Well, that's not a mystery. <laughs> someone says, I, lo I love God, and I love church. It's just the people I can't stand. <laughs> well, the people are the deal. The people are the deal. And, and, and uh, there are no perfect churches. There are no perfect people. Every one of us are missing the chips or the Coke, one or the other. No one has both. And neither do you. That's why Jesus says, why do you pick at your brother uh, for the splinter in his or her eye when you have a big old boulder in your eye? But we do that. We do that. So one way to, to not fall into that is to make sure that, that you intentionally, on purpose, serve other people. Not because they deserve it, but because you love God. And you're trying to be His representative in the world. This is so true. And, and it doesn't have to be like a, a Sunday school teacher or the, the, the music person or the pastor or a missionary person. There, someone who is... Uh, uh, who just is a visitor, someone who, who just serves in, in a very uh, uh, random kind of way. Some, um, some people's lives are, are miserable. You ever notice that? Some people's lives are just miserable. And because their lives are so miserable, they, they can't get their eyes off of their own misery. So they waller around in their own misery. I said waller around in their own misery. Now let me tell you a surefire way to get more miserable. Anybody want to be more miserable? Nobody. One way to make sure that you get more misery is to focus on the misery. What you focus on is what you're going to get. So if you're miserable, focus on that and you'll get more of it. Everybody has some level of misery in their life. That's life. That's what happens to us. We are broken creatures. We're messed up creatures. We are wounded creatures. And, if we, and what happens is, is that we don't recognize the woundedness and the brokenness in others, we are just so focused on our own, and so we don't serve others because we're too focused in on our own brokenness. But one way to, be, to get delivered from our own brokenness, and it's kind of a, a mystery that's just beyond the veil, that's just outside of our fingertips, is that we, we leave aside our own misery and we go and help somebody else. We go and serve somebody else. It isn't going to happen by accident. You have to choose it. And someone like me has to choose it. I have to choose to engage the gas attendant because I could easily go get my gas and leave. 
So I have to have a higher vision, a higher mission, a higher calling that moves me and motivates me with conviction on purpose, not because it's a part of my personality, because I'm so outgoing, but as a mission and as a conviction that I need to engage this person and give them a word of praise or a word of admonition or a word of blessing. And by the way, it doesn't have to be complicated. I don't mean to go take your life savings and give it away. I'm talking about something as simple as saying, thank you for your service. Thank you for attending our table. Thank you for pumping my gas. Thank you for being so diligent about cutting my hair. Thank you for mowing my grass. Thank you. I just, you, you do such a good job. I'm so grateful that you are doing what you're doing. I'm talking about that kind of stuff. Building people up, adding value to their life. And as you build people up and as you add value to their life, it gets your eyes off the brokenness and off the misery and off, off of all the other stuff. And you're just pouring out of your life. But as you pour out of your life, you, are, you yourself are being built up. <clears throat> so we have like a, we have like a, a mentality that um, we only have enough for ourselves. But there's this dynamic, there's this principle, there's this rule, there's this law about life as, as, you, give, as you give yourself out, more is given to you. I can't explain it. It's just a principle, but it's like a hidden principle. It's like veiled. And so, so what we can do, we live in a material world, and we see the brokenness all around us. We, we experience our own misery, so we get our eyes locked on in that, and we have a scarcity mentality and not realize that there's abundance of God for everybody. So if we would just give it away, give away accolades, give away words of praise, give away our acts of service, we ourselves would be built up. I'm trying to help you have a, a, a great year. And I hope that you're hearing it. I know that we're self-absorbed. I, I know that for a fact. We generally are almost always self-absorbed. For instance, I'll give you an example. If, if after, after church today, I say, I want everybody to come forward because I want to get a photograph of everybody who was in church on the first Sunday of the new year. So we all made our way to the front. And uh, we, we social distanced and everything, had a wide lens. And I took the picture, and I said, now, we're, now next Sunday we're going to put it up on the screen and uh, let everybody see who was here on the first Sunday of the year. And you came to church that Sunday wanting to see the picture. Guess who you're going to look for? You're going to look for yourself. That's the first person you're going to scan that, and you're going to look at yourself. Now, if you look good in that picture, that's going to be an awesome photograph. Everybody else could look terrible, but if you look good, let's keep it. Let's post that. Can we put that on Facebook? But if, if they caught you at the wrong angle, your profile was on the wrong side, or, or you weren't hiding behind somebody, you're like, you've got to get rid of that picture. Everybody else might be looking awesome, but if you're not, you cannot show that picture. That's just how we are. Just, just check it out. Anytime, the next time you think about last time you looked at a picture, it was a group picture. Some of you had family, you know, Christmas pictures. First person your eye went to was like, where am I? Where am I? Oh, there I am. Oh, that looks pretty good. That's pretty good. We need to post that. Just, I mean, that's just how we are. And then that's how we are. So what I'm trying to help you to do is, is not fall into that trap, not fall into that, that default mode, but think about other people. It is, it is part of the, the, uh, the, the first and second command. Now, let me tell you something else. Some people say, um, you know, I just want to just, I, I, so pe people are so fresh, I'm just going to withdraw, and I'm going to suffer by myself, and I'm not going to get engaged, and I'm not going to, I'm just not going to 
serve because people are just so frustrating and they just never do what you want them to do. They're not appreciative. They never say thank you. They don't recognize my strengths. And so I'm just not going to engage. I'm, I'm going to sit over by myself and I'm not going to really do anything. I'm just going to be there. But let me give you another little secret. You can't really serve the Lord by yourself. You cannot love people isolated. You cannot serve people by yourself. You can't build up people being isolated. You can only do that as you engage yourself in people's lives. And that's exasperating. Because guess what? Sometimes they don't notice it. Sometimes they're not appreciative of it. Sometimes they don't say thank you. Sometimes, I mean, they might even criticize you for what you tried to do. So you don't stop doing it because of that. That's the way that it is. So you should know that. All of us should know that. So we keep serving at a higher level, at a higher principle, because it is what God has asked us to do. So we add value to people's lives by words of encouragement, by words of affirmation, by, by offering our help, by anticipating the needs of other people, by giving gifts, by paying attention to their life. Now, you can't do that for every single human being, but you can do that for some. Albert Einstein, I would not expect Albert Einstein to say something like this, but it's just in reading about this kind of information, Albert Einstein said the only life only a life lived in service to others is a life worth living. I didn't expect Albert to say something like that. Jesus, let's take it up on, on Albert Einstein. Jesus said, I live among you as one who needs to be served. He didn't say, you buddy. I was just saying if you was awake. He didn't say that. He said, I live among you as one who serves. Well, listen. If Jesus lived among his brothers and sisters as one who served, who was the king, the Lord of all, how much more should that be something in our focus? You say, well, people, people don't deserve it. Well, I, listen. When Jesus made that statement, it was in the context of his Last Supper. And you know at the Last Supper, he took, he took a bowl of water and he took a towel and he washed the disciples feet now that's a beautiful thing that's a beautiful sentiment and he's illustrating servanthood but watch this he knew see he knew he knew all things to the degree that he knew all things as a mortal man as 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 revelation was given to him by the spirit of god so he knew what was in the heart of men so when he knelt down before judas he knew that Judas was going to betray him. Now pay attention. I'm about almost done. Please pay attention. I'm almost done. He knew Judas was going to betray him. And he washed his feet anyway. What's your problem? He knew that Simon Peter was going to deny him with curse words but he washed his feet anyway. What's got you hung up? He knew that every single one of them would betray him. 
but he washed their feet anyway. And watch you hung up on. Jesus said, I live among you as one who serves. Even though you're going to deny me, even though you're going to betray me, and even though you're going to abandon me, I am here to serve you. Because it is the will of the Father, and he always sought the will of the Father. It didn't matter what other people were doing or not doing. His aim and purpose was to do the will of the Father. And the first commandment is, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And likewise, serve your neighbor as yourself. You cannot fully love God if you are not willing to serve your neighbor. And who is your neighbor? The gas station attendant, the bank teller, the waitress, the person sitting beside you at church or near you. It's anyone you come into contact with. Be in the earth as one who serves. I'm going to bring it to a close. We have a, uh, a friend who um, went to a funeral. And uh, she was just talking to us and telling us about this funeral. And the man was kind of an unassuming kind of a man. He didn't have a big title. He, he was kind of just like, you know, just a dude that just kind of like melted into the, the sanctuary. He wasn't really, wasn't a teacher, wasn't a great singer. He didn't help the preacher. He didn't do anything. You know, he just was at church. And he apparently was a good neighbor. But at the service... Many, many people came to the service. And as they began to share and listen and talk to one another, they, they discovered this guy, this was an amazing guy. A lot of people came. They didn't expect a lot of people because he didn't have a lot of notoriety. But a lot of people showed up and, and they talked about how he came and fixed their lawnmower, how he came and he mowed their grass and how he came and he gave this person money and he, and he did this and he did that and he helped that neighbor and he, he gave them food and he, he fixed their gutter and, and he just lived a life of service. And people were like amazed. Here's this unassuming man who just lived his life as a servant among his brothers and sisters. And at his homegoing, they were amazed that he was this. And he never blew a trumpet. He never said, look what I did. He just did. Someone said, man, I hope when I die, people can say that about me. Well, in order for that to happen, you have to serve. And as we come to the end of the service here this morning, you know, I may see my dad's final crossing today. I, I don't know. It may happen. It may be happened already. At some point, at some point, each of us reached that place. And I want to challenge you to begin this year with that end in mind. Because every single day, we have opportunity to serve. I'm not talking about giving all your money away to the poor. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just living a life of service. I'm talking about living like Jesus. Oh, you might say, well, well who's keeping score? Heaven's keeping score. That, that's what matters. It doesn't matter who else sees it. Live for an audience of one. And I promise you, I promise you, if you take this on as a value, if you live above the fray and above the disappointment and above the morass and above the mess 
and above people's idiosyncrasies and above their lack of this or that and you just serve as unto the Lord that's what you're doing as unto the Lord let me promise you it's going to cost you that's why some people don't do it because it's going to cost you it's going to cost you time it just does you know our, our, our calendars are so full who has time and I'm so grateful for Vic She'll see somebody on the side of the road. She'll go, we got to stop, we got to stop. If she wasn't in the car, I would have drove on by. She'll go, we got to stop. But they need help. I'm so glad to have her in my life to help me. See, if someone is in your life like that, thank be to God. Because it'll, I'm like the religious person. Remember the Samaritan? The good Samaritan? The priest, the Levite went by. They had religious duties to do. They didn't have time to stop and do the work, the actual work of the kingdom, which is go and help the broken man and help him. That's the real work of the kingdom. But the religious traditions and customs guided the priest and the Levite on past the actual need. So it'll cost you. It'll be inconvenient. I don't know where the Good Samaritan was going, but he had to stop where he was going and take a diversion and go help him, take him to a place of shelter. And he took his own money to care for it. So it's going to take your time, it's going to be inconvenient, and it's going to take your resources. And that's not easy for us to do because we're quite self-absorbed. And so we don't know who to help, so we don't help anybody. Jesus said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was naked and you gave me some clothes. I was cold on a winter's night and you gave me a blanket. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was in prison and you visited me. Lord, when did we ever see you like that? This is what he said, and I know that you know it. Inasmuch as you have done it unto the least of these, my brothers or my sisters, you have done it to me. So, this is Epiphany Sunday. Epiphany is about the revealing of Christ to the Gentiles. Now God is making his appeal to the world through you and to me. We are living epistles. The world will know that we are disciples, not by how many prayers we pray, not by how many times we go to church. None of those things are bad. But Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples and how you love. And love is an action word. And love demands service. The reason Vicki knows I love her is not just because I say it and I do say it, but I show it by my actions. I don't ever want my actions to communicate I don't love you. Now sometimes she may go, that wasn't a very loving thing to do. You ever felt that way or been told that? And that's when we go, you know, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean that to be communicated. I don't want anything to come out of me that doesn't communicate that to you. So today I pray 
if you'll take it seriously. And in the morning, no, when you leave here today, I don't know what's on your agenda. But from this moment forward, every day for New Year's Eve, you will pray a prayer. Lord, who can I serve today? Who will I serve today? And do it on purpose, do it with mission, and do it as unto the Lord. And I believe I can say I guarantee you when you get to New Year's Eve, you'll look back and you'll go, it was a good year. You know what else I can guarantee? Every one of those acts done as unto the Lord will not lose its significance nor reward. Would you stand and just bow your head for a minute? We never know when our life is over. We just don't know. But we will give an account of it. In fact, one of the questions you'll probably be asked is, what did you do with the life I gave you? What did you do with the resources I gave you? And all of us want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So Lord, Spirit of God, we pray today that you will continue to do the spiritual operation upon our eyes. Give us eyes salved from heaven. Give us tears that wash away Give us hearts that are easily touched and broken. Not because of our own pain and misery, but for the misery and the pain and the suffering of others. I pray that for myself, Lord. May this year, may my eyes be more open to see as you see me. May my hands be more effective in serving as you serve. May my heart be broken for what breaks yours. I pray this in Jesus' name. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you. The Lord fill you with His Spirit. That you will be lights and life and salt in the earth. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Blessings. Thanks for joining us at Central Church today. If you'd like to get involved, please visit us at centralnazarene.org.